Quiet on the set. Action. Everyone and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media, where we take a random prompt from the internet and we turn it magically into a movie for you. I am joined by three of the most talented Hollywood elite I could get my hands on. We have our writer, Ben Lifson, who was Will Smith's tailor on Suicide Squad. We have Kyle Decker, our director, who was the fattest Mon Calamari in Rogue One. And we have Melissa Kircher, the animal wrangler on Keanu. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, I had fun playing. <laughs> you know, tea tea wasn't as good. You know, you didn't you didn't you didn't bring me nice tea. So you know, whatever. You know. All right, I have a prompt for you. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you do. Yeah. The theme of this story is parody revenge. The main character is an intuitive imposter, and the major event of the story is longing. So. I'm thinking that this is going to be really, you know, parody of kind of those really old school, old literature before film revenge stories, Monte Cristo, that kind of thing. The rub of it, of course, will be that the imposter is really bad at it. So he's in this kind of like situation that he would, you know, like he takes on a fake name, pretends to be the Duke of Manchester or something. The problem is that everyone knows uh, that he's not that. But it kind of like to add a little bit of farce to it, everyone lets him pretend that he is because they think it's all really funny. Like, because the person he's trying to get revenge on is someone who owns the town or the village or the hamlet or whatever they call it back then. So it'll be like the, the owner of the town will call him like, I don't know, what would you call an owner of a town back there? Duke? Mayor? Baron? Baron. Let's go Baron uh, Von well, Walter. Oh, that sounds a very uh, European name. But uh, Baron Von Walter shut down our hero's business, who we will call Jean Paris. That's the name of the business or the hero? The hero. Right. And his business was called Jean Paris. And he shut him down because, you know, he was completely inept at his job. And, like, make it really sympathetic towards the Baron, which is kind of adds a bit of the humor. That's like, he's this big revenge plot, even though it's all Paris' fault. So he decides that he's going to pretend to be a baron and sneak into his private court and then steal all of his possessions and ruin his name. And really early on, the uh, the baron finds out because he owns the law enforcement, but he thinks it's really funny. So he basically just plays along as if he's falling for all his schemes and tricks. So and then so it's just complete comedy of errors. He's completely incompetent at all of this stuff. And at the very end of the climax, you know, the Baron says, okay, he's had enough and just stops it. But then it turns out that like, and this is the big twist, is he actually did know exactly what he's doing and was pretending to be completely inept. And then it shows again how like everything that he was doing, pretending to be inept was actually genius. And so that he gets the last laugh at the very end. And then it ends with then the Baron swearing revenge on Pierre or Paris. We'll call him Jean-Paris Pierre. And um, so it kind of all comes full circle. And the title of this will be The Coldest Dish. 
The coldest dish. Okay. Yes. Which is a reference to the old Klingon proverb. Sure. Okay, so Kyle... Which is you... from The Wrath of Khan. Are you finished? Well, that's from Star Trek. But yes, so you know. yes, I know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Kyle, you have a... <laughs> okay, so Kyle, you have a draft on your desk yeah. for The Coldest Dish. Yes. Which is a parody revenge that turns out to actually be brilliant in the end. Yes. Uh, starring some European guys who <laughs> yeah. don't like each other, I guess. Where do you go from here? How do you make this movie? All right, so um, first of all, I'm changing the setting. No one gives a crap about parody or revenge set in England. England's boring. But we're going to do revenge flicks. What are revenge flicks? Some of the best revenge flicks are westerns, right? So we're going to make this a western. Because honestly, going from, you know, the, the caste system of, you know, aristocrat England to the old west is pretty, you know, easy. you know, we can have a baron. He can be a land baron. Out in the Old West. Instead of Baron Von Walter, he's just Baron Walters. He's going to be played by Powers Booth. He's, you know, he's just going to be a bastard and everything. And then our lead character, Jean-Pierre, is going to be John Pierce, played by Sam Elliott. And Sam Elliott's, you know, uh, is basically going to be an oil prospector out here in Texas. This is the, the you know, late uh, 19th century before the oil boom, you know. Basically, John Pierce here, played by Sam Elliott, is... You know, buying up land as much as he can, right, right on the, the uh, Powers Booth land. Powers is not having anything of this. So Powers looks at a way to, to sink all of Sam Elliott's investments. And he does. He's successful. But what Sam Elliott, the kind of twists the thing, the one parcel of land that Sam Elliott is able to... He, Powers Booth thinks he gets one up on him through using his tough guys. And we'll have something like good Old West standoff. We'll have Powers Booth's kind of thugs and all fight Sam Elliott, and Sam Elliott will have a wife character as well, and they work side by side. They're equals in this business. She's going to be equally kick-ass and fight-off, played by Sigourney Weaver. And we're going to, we need a name for her. I think we'll call her Clara. So we'll have John and Clara Pierce fighting uh, Baron Walter. We'll have a various, you know, group of gangs and thugs, and then just hired hands and workers working for the Pierces. They kind of will have some good, like, you know, Wild West shootouts on the land and everything, but the, the turn at the end where uh, Sam Elliott basically convinces, is able to work to where most of his land goes away to Powers Booth and it's all worthless. And the one section of land that Sam Elliott and Sigourney Weaver keep is just filled with oil. And when they strike it, they strike it rich and they're ultimately able to buy all of Baron Walter's land from him and basically put him in the poorhouse. And that's the ultimate turn at the end. I want to film this on 70 millimeter. I want to use big Panavision lenses. Go quick because this is a Western. So I want I want the scenes where Sam Elliott is, you know, contrasted against the, you know, uh, sunset and everything with profiles and lots of horses with big sweeping panor- panoramic shots, whole nine yards. So they will film it on location out west. The landscape will be as much as the characters, as the actors. All right, so Melissa, you have an update on this script. You actually got two scripts, uh, one of which has been mostly crossed out, and a second one which is on top of it. I kept his plot. <laughs> I just put it. In the sure. Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a western, and it's got some decent names attached. Yeah. Uh, it's you know classic revenge story, with a little bit of comedic elements thrown in. 
What do you think? Can we make this movie? Do they deserve some money here? I think so. I think uh, I think we can bankroll this for about $35 million. Westerns are fairly big right now. They're not as uh, much death as at the box office as they used to be. So I think we really could work on like the, the um, interest that Westworld has been getting on, uh, was it HBO? It, it's I TV. So. I don't pay attention. I, I think we could do HBO. this. And also I get a very big discount at the Horse-O-Rama in Hollywood, so uh, we can get the horse for cheap awesome. so I, and I think uh, we can still uh, we still have some of that uh, 70 millimeter stock left over from uh, Quentin Tarantino's thing so I, I think we can uh, just reuse some of that um, I really like the casting and I like the addition of Sigourney Weaver I would like to change the business to a restaurateur business in the Old West so then it could be a pun on the title of the coldest dish so it could be about revenge and cooking Okay. Anything else you want to add? I think I, I think that's what I have right now. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. So Ben, you've got some in-depth changes to your script here. You've got some so names attached. Like starting script. You've so, got some money to make it. What do you well, think? Well, here's the thing: is okay when when I got called here to come over, I expected to make art. Okay, not to be killed, build by a bunch of hacks. Which I mean in a nice way. I mean it in the old way of saying hacks, as in, um, you know, a very talented individual. <laughs> now, I feel I, I'm okay with it being switched to the Wild West, but I feel like, at least in my vision, feel like a big change has been actually uh, Jean being, or Jean, or John. John Pierce. Yeah, John Pierce is a lot more badass than I think kind of what I was going for was like the kind of guy you would never expect revenge coming. But, uh, you know, you have him taking on a bunch of, you know, Wild Westers, and he's married to Sigourney Weaver, so he must be a badass, because it's Sigourney Weaver. I mean, unless... Yeah. So, I kind of... I don't know. I kind of want him to, at least... And I'm sure this will get crossed off again, because I've become insecure about this, but, you know, make him, like, you know, fail at the whole gunslinging thing a bit more, you know? Like... Sort of imply, do the whole thing where maybe you imply that the wife's doing the work, and then that will be also add to the twist at the end where it turns out he's like the best gunslinger in the West. And I think that actually, and just to throw in a little bit of his cleverness at the end, because uh, right now, if it's the land he already owns, he could have struck the oil at any time, so it's just kind of a coincidence. Make it so that's the kind of the thing at the very end is he makes a, his deal at the very end, which is basically he's at the end of his rope. It's like, okay, I'll give you everything. Just let me take over this one thing of land. And that'll be the barren thing. Like, yeah, who cares about that land? And it turns out he knew that oil was there the whole time, too. And so that can kind of throw the little twist at the end, too, to show that he really did think ahead, won it, and that's how he beat him. So, yeah, there's that. Anything else you want to add? I mean, you are Will Smith's tailor, so I assume you have a lot of opinions. Well, you know, it's, you know, I, I got nothing to complain about, but um, you know, I would still like him to be uh, John Pierre Pierce. Um, just throw in that as his middle name. I think that just for myself, I think just keeping that legacy on because I personally feel that when you make a fictional universe, you're actually creating those characters. But now that you change the script, I feel that we might have murdered them. So to have him live on in some sort of parallel universe. I think uh, if it's just his middle name, you know, I think that's very important. And it's the ethical thing to do, you know what I mean? Sure. 
Okay. So I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Kyle, you've got some more revisions. You've got yeah. a little more twists and turns in the middle of your, yeah. your story here. What happens next? So it's it looks like uh, the humor's been punched up, and I, I, I do know, I have an idea how to work in the the restaurateur food part that the producer asks. We'll, we'll go. So I don't think Sam Elliott works anymore. As much as I love Sam Elliott and his mustache, mm, um, mustache. I don't. I don't think he's quite right for this. So uh, I'm going to get Steve Martin to play the role of John Pierre Pierre Pierce instead because that really fits the someone you wouldn't expect to be able to pull off revenge coming out of nowhere to a T. Mm-hmm. Uh, barring that, if Steve Martin won't do it, we'll get Dustin Hoffman. I'm okay with either one. Let's be honest. And Dustin Hoffman has Western chops with a little big man under already under mm-hmm. his belt, so we're good there. Um, Very large belt. I think Dustin Hoffman is probably a little bit old for Sigourney Weaver, which I think would be maybe the first time ever said <laughs> in Hollywood that a man is too old for a woman character. Um, but yeah, Steve Martin is my first choice, but I'd settle for Dustin Hoffman. And so, in, so instead of oil, the thing they're fighting over is the rights to supply food to the railroad and the railroad workers via buffalo hunting, which I think fits the theme and everything, kind of like... Who gets to be the main food supplier to those working on the railroad? We'll do. We'll set this during when they're building major a rail line uh, out west, and that's what Powers Booth character Baron Walter and John Pierre Pierce are fighting over. Um, John Pierre Pierce and his wife are Clara are kind of the upstarts that are challenging Powers Booth's character has long had this monopoly on it, and then out of nowhere comes. These other ones, and it starts kind of this turf war, if you will, on who's going to provide food to the railroad. And then we can definitely use Steve Martin's great comedic timing to punch up, let him do some improv, some unscripted bits to 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 make it a little funnier and everything. But I mean, he he did Three Amigos, so we know he can do like you know gunfighting stuff. So you know he, he's not he's not a, a stranger to a six shooter on the on the film, and he knows how to ride a horse. You know what we'll do? We'll have him play banjo in a scene to throw to like, the hipster nerds that love Steve Martin playing a banjo. We'll have a scene where he like plays banjo around the campfire. People will eat that crap right up. We'll let him do one of his own band songs if he wants. And even we can have the members of his bluegrass band play extras in the film around the campfire that are his work hands. So I think that works pretty good. Pierre so, would never play banjo. Well, well, Steve Martin does. And Steve Martin, that's how we're going to get him in this film. So, them's the breaks. Anyway, that's all I got. All right. So, Melissa, you've got some more revisions. You've got some more details. The movie comes out in three weeks. What happens? Well, unfortunately, uh, Steve Martin was not available to do the whole movie, but he was happy to do the score. So we can have him do the score and have him and his bluegrass band as cameos in the movie. And unfortunately, Dustin Hoffman fell ill, so we weren't able to get him. But we could get Andrew Garfield and his fantastic hair. So instead of having a male lead that was too old for Sigourney Weaver, we're switching it up with a very young lead, and he's very hot at this moment, too, because, you know, Hacksaw Ridge, that's good stuff. But he can also play comedy, so I feel like this is a good move. And we're going to keep Sigourney Weaver as his wife. Oh, yes. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. You happy with that? Okay. I am. So I'm going to go ahead and plug everything into the uh, movie machine here. Uh, which sounds like a six-shooter and somebody shouting. All right, so your your movie hits the theaters. Kind of a, a tepid response. Critics don't hate it. It's it's decent. You know, the, the plot points are, are there. The, it's, it's fairly funny. 
Uh, it just doesn't interest that many people. Lots of old people go and see it because the Western is kind of a, a dying tradition these days, and people will, will go see anything that's a Western at this point. But, you know, they come to the, the senior showings, the afternoon showings, the morning showings, so it's, it's not pulling in as much money as, as it normally would. Um, a few young people do go and see it for Andrew Garfield, super fans, but not a whole lot is there. And a few super fans of, of Steve Martin, of which I am told there are seven. So you, get, you at least get those seven tickets. Uh, so you don't really make your entire money back. It's kind of a wash as it is. However, something interesting does happen. Um, a couple weeks after the movie comes comes out, you guys are called over to the studio for a Skype call, and you're not sure what's going on. Uh, and then you, you hop on the Skype call, and there on the other end is Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson says, Hey, wow, guys, I liked your movie. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about making uh, Shanghai Noon 3, and, and you guys could come work for me on it. You want to do that? Are you sure that wasn't Kermit? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, they're basically indistinguishable. Just one of them happens to be green. So, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and refine my impression just just for you later. Um, anyways, so Owen Wilson wants you guys to make Shanghai Noon 3 with him. Um, so you could have another job lined up right away. But your movie's kind of a wash. Right. What do you guys think? I'll give you a couple minutes to reflect or use your time magic to go back and make some changes if you would like. All Starting right. with Ben. So first I'm going to do two things first. First I'm going to proposition that the entire movie get completely reshot and use my original script. Because I feel that people didn't like the Western. So if director and producer goes with this, which I'm sure they will, to completely reshoot everything, then we'll do that. Other than that, uh, in this alternate universe where you don't have common sense, uh, which I mean in the nicest possible way, I mean that in the old-fashioned way of saying no common sense, I feel that the director, you know, when having Andrew Garfield and Sigourney Weaver being married, I don't know if the director thought that was kind of weird or awkward because their chemistry doesn't get a lot of time to shine. So I really want to show more of them together, you know? Uh, really show how these two fell in love, you know, years ago. I mean, we shouldn't go too far back because then he'd be like six. <laughs> but like, you know how they met like a year ago as soon as he became old enough? Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that that will be a very nice scene, really add to their chemistry. And also just to leave the door open, and so I know that in a parallel universe it still happened, if you don't go with my original script, I want them to reference their ancestors. Pierre, Peter Pierre Pierce, was once someone who got revenge on Baron Von Walter. Just so I know that if my theory, my M theory, my chaos theory, that when you create a movie you create a parallel universe is true, that, that will, those characters will still exist, because otherwise I am having a memorial for them, a funeral, and yeah, those are my two conditions. All right, um, so that second part, I'm not, no, but I'll send flowers to your memorial if that makes you, helps you, like, settle your chi or I don't need flowers mean. from you. Um, so I think, I think the Western's not the issue. I so think you're not reshooting? As much as I think love is love, no matter what ages are or whatever you think, I think audiences in general were a little bit just thrown off on a Sigourney Weaver, Andrew Garfield romance. But I love Sigourney Weaver. We're not going to get rid of her. We're going to have her play Power Booth's wife. And she's honestly the real brains behind kind of the villain operation and everything. Power Booth's 
Powers Booth is still, you know, he's he's big and everything like Powers Booth is. But Sigourney Weaver's the mastermind of the bad guys. But we still want Andrew Garfield's character, John Pierre Pierce, to have a wife and a love interest who's really strong. So we have Emma Watson play that. Mm. And then, you know... There are um, no British people in the Wild West. She can play American people because she's a talented actress. Thank you very much. But anyway, she'll bring in that Harry Potter crowd too, which we should make tons of money off of. Uh, so we're good there. Covered up. Uh, I'm actually completely moved on to Shanghai Nights 3, which we're calling Shanghai Brunch. Um, we uh, uh, Jackie Chan's not available. He, oh, he is as a consultant, but uh, I just saw Rogue One, and Donnie Yen's comedic chemistry is off the hook. So we're going to have Donnie Yen team up with Owen Wilson in Shanghai Brunch, and it's just going to be amazing. I can't wait to start shooting. Uh, we may make it a steampunk movie. I haven't decided yet. All right. Melissa, any last-minute changes? Well, I feel like uh, Powers Booth, I feel like we need to punch up the villain a little bit. If we could bring back Selden Elliott to play the villain, I think that would be really exciting, and it would bring in even more hair factor in addition to Andrew Garfield because of the mustache. So let's do that, and um, as a concession to our, our lovely writer, I think we should have that extended 20-minute flashback to uh, their ancestors where you see the entire plot play out in a capsule with a completely different cast. Okay, so you, you shifted Powers Booth to Sam Elliott and you're bringing back the... And Powers Booth okay. can play the villain in the 20-minute In flashback. the flash, 20-minute flashback. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? I'm so glad I sang signed on to Shanghai Nights 3. Yeah. Working title, Shanghai Brunch. <laughs> you you managed to tip it over the uh, make money scale. Getting Emma Watson in brings in uh, a whole bunch of horny teenagers, so you, you get that regardless of, of whether or not they liked the movie. Uh, she is also good in it, so other people come and watch the movie as well. Getting the, the flashback in has, like, a weird effect on, like, the art crowd. Like, some people are like, this flashback is immaculately crafted. This is so good. But, like, the... The, the rest of it, they're not so interested in. It's mostly like... Old well, you know, the same director filmed both, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the people liked like different things from it and like different parts of it. But you, you tip over into the make the money back area. When you do finish Shanghai Brunch, the scene where Donnie Yen and Owen Wilson meet and Donnie Yen like throws Owen Wilson through like uh, a saloon and like he keeps crashing into tables and like chairs and stuff. Owen Wilson actually breaks a leg during that filming because he's starting to get a little bit old and Donnie Yen is way more physical than he is. Uh, but that, like, goes viral and, like, everybody loves the video of Donnie Yen beating the shit out of Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson doesn't care at all because he thinks it's great. So, yeah, your your fame just skyrockets from, from anybody who signed on to doing uh, Shanghai Brunch. Anyways, uh, there you have it. Oh, and before you end, I just want... Can I say something? Yes. I just want to... This is to the listeners right now. When, when you stop listening to this podcast, please mourn the fact that I, the writer, the fictional character of the writer, will be dead. Because I believe in a parallel universe, I do exist. What was the title of your piece of shit? What was the title of this movie? Uh, uh, Coldest Dish? Coldest yeah, Dish. Dish. Okay. Yeah, there you have it, folks. So, <laughs> remember the title. Oh, my God. All right. And as always, we'll leave you with a quote of wisdom from our divine sage, Guy Fieri. Is Paul Bunyan coming over for lunch?
What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> You have one unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday at 7.15 p.m. Hello, Hermit Dia Frog here. I heard that you were making a Shanghai Noon 30 with Owen Wilson, and I thought, you know, we're basically indistinguishable, so you might as well cast me instead of him. I mean, I've been trying to branch out a lot lately, get away from the slapstick comedy musical business, do something a bit more fun, you know? Anywho, give me a jingle. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. Message deleted.